Welcome to the Mom Manual. Motherhood doesn't come with instructions, but it should. We are on a mission to highlight ordinary moms doing extraordinary things to build the ultimate mom manual. Every week, I have the distinct honor of speaking with women about the lessons they've learned and the inspiration that got them to where they are today. Join us for a conversation that will spark creativity, provide actionable tips, and celebrate the ordinary and extraordinary moments of motherhood. The Mom Manual starts now. Hi everyone, this is Tara Williams with The Mom Manual. I am so excited for another fun podcast today. We have a potty training expert, you guys. Who even knew? Missy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Okay, Missy, I did not know that a potty training expert was a thing. And I know you you are an expert in more than just that. Can you tell all of our listeners all that you do and how you got to this job? Oh my goodness. That's like the most common thing that I hear from everyone on earth is that they didn't even know a person like me existed. So I used to be a preschool teacher. And when I had my first son, he's now eight years old, which is crazy to think about. He was in daycare and he never slept at all, like three months of no naps at all. He was miserable. Then he was overtired and awake all night and crying. And I was crying and it was awful. So I begged my husband to let me stay home. And after a couple of years of being at home, so now fast forward and I have three kids, people are like, how do you have so many kids so close together? Like, do you ever sleep? And I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't I? So people were like asking me for sleep help. So I became a sleep consultant and I always knew that beyond sleep training, I wanted to do more. I always knew like potty training was also something I was really good at. And I mean, not to toot my own horn, but I guess I just did. Um, (laughs) my, my background in teaching one of the classrooms that I taught in for almost two years, our main focus was potty training. So I had, you know, a revolving door of toddlers learning how to potty train. And I just knew that I could expand slumber and bloom. I always knew that I wanted to expand. So I jumped into potty training and here I am. That, okay. That's amazing. But I, I think it's so interesting because people will often say, my baby was just a good sleeper or a bad sleeper. My baby potty trained easy or they didn't, but it's all actually learned and can be taught. So I am excited to jump into your takeaways today. So for the mom who is listening, who is in the throes of potty training right now, which was me three months ago, um, or that you have babies and this is just for a future, like these get out a pen and paper because this is going to be amazing. Okay. Missy, do you want to jump into our first takeaway? Absolutely. So the biggest, 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 biggest thing that parents really, really need to remember is that they need to wait until the child is truly ready for potty training. I get messages frequently of parents saying like, I don't have time to wait until my kid is ready. They have to be potty trained in order to go to school. And that's, you know, it's kind of like a topic in itself, but there's definitely ways that we can help the kids become more ready. But aside from that rule, if, you know, parents really have the flexibility of potty training, you know, on the child's timeline, it's really important to do so because it's really something that you're teaching your child. It's not like a lot of parents will say, I don't want two kids in diapers. 
So before I have this second baby, I need to potty train the first one, but that's not always the answer. So really knowing when your child is ready. So a big sign is if your child is going to a poop corner is what I like to call it, or like the poop privacy place, (laughs) they want somewhere private to poop in their diaper. They don't really want people watching them. That is a huge telltale sign that your child is ready for potty training because they feel like they're doing something that they should be doing in private. So that's definitely a huge sign that your kid's ready. Another, you know, this is funny because parents will say, I don't know how often my kid's peeing. It's not like I'm checking their diaper all the time. Well, if you're considering potty training, you may want to start keeping a log. If you just like check your kid's diaper every half hour and notice when they seem to be more saturated, then you can write that down. Like maybe you're noticing that they're staying relatively dry for two hours or more. Then you know that your child is, they have the bladder capacity to hold their urine a little bit longer. They can definitely start, you know, learning the ropes of potty training. And then, I mean, just like general interest in what's going on in the bathroom. Like this is a whole big place in the house that everyone else uses, but not me. So a lot of kids will want to watch you and I let it happen. A lot of parents will be like, but I want privacy. It doesn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with that for sure. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, those are definitely some signs. Was there like anything that you like definitely noticed before you jumped into potty training. Luke is three and a half and we just potty trained him. And in fact, he's not even fully potty trained. I would say because he still poops in his diaper, but we no, there were no signs for him. I, I don't know if he wasn't ready, but he had to be potty trained before preschool. So, I mean, he's three and a half and yeah. he was going to school in September. They said he cannot come unless he's potty trained. So I had started with him around two and a half and he was not ready at all. I, you know, would show him underwear and say, we can go to Target and pick out your favorite Star Wars pack. So he was excited about those, but he wanted to wear them over his diaper. (laughs) And I was like, no, 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 instead of the diaper. Um, And then I would try to just place him on the toilet, but it was like, he was terrified of it. So then I bought him a small potty and he still didn't even want to sit on that. So that was at about two and a half. And then I thought, okay, you know, he's not ready. We're going to just wait a little bit longer. And then, you know, at three and a half, I guess, is when he was starting to go to school. And it was just like, hey, you you have to potty train now. Like we were here. And so he does, he does potty train during the day and he picked it up fairly quickly. I would say there was like a week of accidents, but we didn't do that full with any of my kids where it was like, okay, 48 hours, let's like hunker down. We just kind of let him do it. Uh, But even now though, still he will, will put on a diaper for a nap in bedtime. And he takes a really, he takes like a three hour nap still, which is, I know crazy for how old he is, but he will wait until the diaper is on to go poop. So usually we'll put the diaper on him at night or like after the nap and then he'll poop in it. He still doesn't want to go on the toilet for that. He's done it a couple of times, but we just, that we can't, figure out. So maybe you can tell me or, you know, for all the moms listening, it's so common. So like, don't ever feel like, Oh, you know, like he's just not getting it, but like, it is one of the most common things that parents come to me for help with. So how, I guess, would you say he is ready or is he not ready? If he was showing no signs that we kind of forced him for preschool. 
I mean, based on his age, he probably was ready. And, you know, my biggest suggestion would just be to take the diaper away for nap time. Oh, okay. So I was actually thinking though, he would just, if he fell asleep, he would just pee the bed every night. Overnight, he can keep it because I'm like a huge supporter of like the science behind the actual physical ability to hold their pee for 12 hours overnight. Um, but for naps, I mean, yeah, three hours is a long nap, but he should be able to hold it that long and it should definitely help with the poop situation. Got it. But a lot of times when we have those poop situations, like the, the biggest thing that parents really have to do is just potty train through it. Yeah. You know, he will also sometimes just poop in his underwear. I can't figure it out because he's fine with the toilet for going potty. But the second part is just, yeah. So, you know, as we're talking, I'm thinking, is there an age where it's like, well, we don't care if you're not ready. It's, is it three? Is it four? Is it five? I mean, when is it just like, it's time to go? I would say four. If like, if they're definitely not showing any signs at all and you know, you're just kind of taking your time, you're not in a rush, then I would say four years old, because that is the age where the kids are probably going to preschool and just like social aspects of their lives are, you know, they're seeing other kids going to the bathroom and, you know, you definitely don't want them to have any like self-conscious thoughts or anything when they're seeing their peers do things in the bathroom and they're not, I've definitely seen that play a role in my, you know, in my classroom position that some of the kids were just really overwhelmed with everybody else going to the bathroom and they weren't. So at that point, I would just kind of nudge the parents and say, you know, I'm noticing these behaviors. I think, you know, even though they're not really showing signs, I think we should just jump in and do it. But it kind of like brings me to the second point of, you know, what's going to help parents make this a really smooth, easy transition. And it's really involving the child in the prep work because when they're involved in getting everything ready, they're excited, they're making choices and they feel like they're in control. I always tell parents, like, it's almost like reverse psychology because like you want your child to think that this is their idea, that they're the ones who want to potty train. You're kind of just like driving the ship, I guess. Like you bring them to the store and say, pick out what potty you want to use when you don't wear diapers anymore. And it's never like a question of, do you want to use the potty? Do you want underwear? Do you want like, no, take that out of your vocabulary and just say, pick one of these potties. Which one do you want to use? And, you know, sometimes the parents will say, well, I don't really want to use a small potty. I just want them to use the big potty at our house. I don't want it taking up more space, but your toddler is their own person and they need to be able to make their own choice. And like, we need to give them the power to make these decisions because it's going to help make the whole process so much more smooth for everybody. Yeah. I love that involving them in the prep work. I mean, one thing that I did do with all my kids is my kids love candy and I got this little candy jar and it would be like a reward system. I don't know. Is that good or is that bad? It's not bad. I mean, it's definitely just preference of what the parents and what the child really want. I am a huge supporter of reward systems. I try to save things like candy for like 
desperate needs call for desperate measures. So I do try and have parents have like a prize bin with some toys or just like little things that the child picks out, like at the dollar store or something. But I once had a parent promise a child, a new swing set if they potty train. Yeah. And I'm like, no, like, no, it is not that intense. Like we do not need to go spend thousands of dollars just for your kid to get potty trained. So I always tell parents like dollar store people, dollar store. No, I I love that. And I think too, if we're thinking about something big like that, the kids at this age don't have that stretched out ability to receive a reward based on time. So they need those like short little endorphin hits. You know, I think but my kids always did love having those. We, I think we usually did M&Ms and they could pick like two M&Ms out of the jar. Like it was something really small, but yeah. then every time it was this special, almost ceremonious type thing. Like, oh, you went to the potty and now let's go into the kitchen and we're going to get the jar and you're going to get the treat. And you know, the siblings are going to see you getting the treat. So it was just this kind of special thing. What would you yeah, say yeah. if you know, you have two parents who are working stressed out, overwhelmed, and they're like, I don't have time to prep. What is the one tried and true thing that, that you would say, you know, if you can only do one thing to get your kid ready, what would that be? I think it would definitely just be to carve out an hour on a weekend where you take your kid to the store And you have them pick everything out because I mean, like I kind of said, like they really, really need to be involved in that prep process. I think that's the biggest thing. And then just on the side, I guess, is just like having your kid practice getting themselves dressed and undressed so that when they are potty training, that it's not taking forever for the kid to like pull their pants down or pull their pants back up you know, cause we're all in a hurry these days. So if the child can actually navigate their own clothing, it saves everyone time and frustration because what's that quote? Like, it's like a funny meme out there about like, no one knows like being in a hurry until your kid like really wants to zip up their own coat. Yeah. I, I can imagine that. I think that's a great point though. You know, while you are potty training, don't do overalls oh make it God. really easy for them. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I've heard other families where they just carve out like a weekend and they do no pants for the weekend and they don't leave the house and they just focus on potty training. Do you more recommend just weaving it into your kind of day-to-day life? I'm definitely more of a ditch the diapers, don't ever go back. And my process is more of like a three to five day process. Like I'm not going to guarantee your kid's going to be potty trained in three days because everyone's different. But it is generally a quick, like, let's ditch the diapers, you know, run around naked for a little bit. But it's mostly learning your child's, you know, their signs and when they're showing signs that they need to go to the bathroom. And then you're teaching them like, oh, it looks like you're wiggling. That might be your body telling you it's time to go potty. There's the bathroom when you need to pee. And really just like reinforcing to your child that like, that they're learning their own body and what their body is telling them in terms of when they need to go to the bathroom. And it's usually like, it really, it sounds complex, but it makes it for such an easier, faster process. You know, that makes a lot of sense. I, you know, I think what we have done more is just we were reminding Luke and saying, Hey, um, spend 30 minutes or spend two hours but actually just, there is clearly a sign. And I think maybe boys more than girls, or I don't know, but he 
clearly like grabs himself and we're like, okay, it's, you know, it's, okay. do you have to go to the bathroom? Oh yeah, I do. Almost like he doesn't know, but he knows because he can feel it. I think. Yeah. Do you, would you yeah. say it's yeah. easier for girls or for boys? So it definitely depends because it's going to depend on their age. It's going to depend on what signs they're showing you. A lot of times it is easier for boys because you can obviously see like if they're kind of starting to dribble a little or, you know, have a little bit more of a wiggle or grabbing parts, (laughs) but a lot of times, and I hate to like pinpoint boys versus girls or whatever, but a lot of times girls do pick up on it faster for whatever reason, but it doesn't mean that boys are harder. I almost tell parents wait until boys are like three and a half where girls might be able to do it when they're three will be a really quick process. So for me, it's more like once they're ready, they're ready. And you know that they're ready. I've had, you know, parents with kids who are only 18 months old and they're like, I swear they're ready. And I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. Okay. And then, you know, they end up waiting. So it really is just seeing when your kid is really ready. Yeah. You know, cause I have two girls and two boys and my girls definitely were like two, two and a half. And my boys were three and a half, four, definitely. So they were a lot older before they, they were ready. But I did that same thing where I kind of tried to push them. Clearly they weren't ready. And then we waited quite a while. So the last takeaway we have is to have a plan and stick to it. I know you mentioned a little bit, ditch the diapers and you kind of have a three to five day process. And I'm sure you can't give all of what a plan would be, but do you have like an example plan you could share maybe just for someone who's listening and they're like, I need some quick help. Yeah. No matter how parents wanted to go about potty training, because I know there's several methods out there, just being consistent with whatever they choose is going to be the most important. Some parents, and I'll just kind of go with the idea that like we are ditching the diapers and we're going to go bottomless for a couple of days. Some parents will try and do, you know, the half hour timer or the reminders or, you know, having a potty watch so that that reminds the kid to go to the bathroom. But whatever method they want to use, they have to stick with it the entire time. So I always tell parents, like, you have to make sure that whatever you choose, and it's like the same thing with sleep training too, like whatever you choose, you have to be consistent with it and send your child the same message every time. If some parents wanted to do like the wait and see when the kid like really has to start peeing you know, they would have to be able to do that for the duration of potty training. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that does make sense. So you're basically saying like, you can't really switch course halfway through because are you essentially starting over or are you confusing the child? Oh yeah. Completely confusing the child. And then it also sends the message that this is optional. A lot of times, you know, when parents are saying, um, oh, like we tried this for a couple of days, we're just going to go back to pull-ups. And when they keep the pull-up dry, you know, then we'll take it away again. And that really just makes the process so much longer that it just like, you're going to end up having pull-ups for another six months or a year until you finally say like, no, we're really taking this away because, you know, if you give it back, then you're giving the wiggle room of, I don't really have to do this. And if I stick to my guns and pee all over the place often enough, then I'll get the diaper back. So, and I, Yeah. I've seen it happen so much. And I always have to have like that tough love conversation. That's just like your child is not going to just, 
I can't say like all kids won't, but most kids will not just come to you one day and say, oh, I'm done with these diapers. Let me wear underwear now. Like, no, because the easiest thing for them to do is just pee in the diaper. (laughs) So, you know, it really, it's no matter what, it's going to take a parent's, you know, gentle push to say, we're done with these diapers. You're big now. Okay. So to that note, like I, each time my son poops in his pants, which is like such a gross conversation, (laughs) but either in the diaper or underpants, which is worse. Um, I'll say to him, like, Luke, doesn't that feel ucky to be in your pants? And I mean, as an adult, I just can't imagine that being comfortable or wanting to do that after knowing that you could just go in the toilet. Why would they, is there a discomfort for kids or no? It really depends on the child. A lot of times it's not a discomfort and this is going to sound so weird, but it's actually more comforting than parents would really want to believe, but we have to kind of put it in the perspective of, you know, for the past three and a half years, he has pooped in a diaper or a pull-up and that, you know, that was like that solid piece of his body was just kind of there and he would feel it. And now being like, nope, you need to push this into this toilet. It's going to go down this drain And, you know, who knows where it goes. A lot of kids are just really nervous about that. And they just like, they get just poop anxiety and they just don't necessarily understand that it's not, it's not a bad, scary thing. And it takes time. And a lot of times like reading books about poop, like there's that book, everybody poops. It's a really like those kind of conversation starters are a really good way to have that conversation of, you know, everybody poops. And, you know, if he continues to poop in the diaper or underwear, then, you know, have him bring it to the bathroom, flush it down the toilet, explain to him where the drains go. I mean, I know a lot of boys who are super interested in where drains go and, you know, girls too, but a lot of kids like to put things in the toilet just to see what happens. So (laughs) I love that advice. I think that's such a great idea because you know, what I have been doing with him is if it's in the diaper, changing his diaper, if it's in the underpants, being more angry and then having to go wash out the underpants. But I really like that idea of showing him. I, I didn't even conceive that that's what he could be afraid of, but I think that's, that's a great idea. Kind of just important to note too, that the muscle memory with underwear or a pull-up or whatever it is, like these kids have established a muscle memory of peeing and pooping in the diaper. So when they are wearing that, they're feeling like they're probably not even consciously thinking I'm going to poop in this because this is what I've always done. It's really just like a subconscious they have to poop. So they're pooping because that's what they've always done. So I always tell parents, like we have to be transactional and unemotional because most kids, and this is like for the kids who are just, you know, starting potty training or have only been potty trained for a few months, you know, they're not doing it on purpose. So trying to not get angry, even though like, I mean, I've been there too, and I've had to clean it up off the floor. I've I mean, gross story. I caught my first son's poop in my hands one time because I didn't want it on the carpet. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, typically it only takes like a couple of those accidents and just breaking that muscle memory. And that's why I go with like the bottomless method 
because they like really remember like, oh, I'm not wearing that, you know, kind of comfort item or security item around my bum that's going to catch this poop. So they kind of think on their feet, like, where am I going to put this? Cause I need to poop. Yeah, no, I think that makes a ton of sense. And these are super amazing tips. Do you have any other kind of like top tips that you would say that you see a lot of parents dealing with and, and, and things like this? I mean, I think we've definitely covered a lot, but I mean, just kind of, like I said, it's, it's very much transactional and not emotional. The only time that parents really should be emotional about something is when your kid is super successful and you're really excited, the more cheesy a parent feels like being excited about pee and poop as weird as it is, like the more your child's going to, you know, think, oh my gosh, I love that reaction. I'm going to do this again, you know, to make them proud. And it makes me feel proud when my mom's proud. So, you know, I'm going to keep, you know, putting the pee and poop in the potty and just that consistent reaction to when they're successful. And then just like a very dismal, (laughs) like, oh, pee, you peed on the floor. Well, pee goes in the potty. Right. Like just like flat monotone, like just don't even be like, oh no, because that's an like reaction that kids are going to be like, Hmm, let's test that boundary. No, I think that's such great advice because I definitely, gosh, I'm like kind of ashamed to say that I've been getting mad at him where I'm like, Luke, stop. Like you cannot keep doing this. Mommy has to clean it up. And you know, obviously that's not the right way to do it. I've learned a ton from this conversation. Thank you so much for all these amazing Smithy. Let's jump into our fire round. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions, just whatever is top of mind no pressure. So what are you currently binging on TV? Oh my gosh. Selling sunset. (gasps) That is so funny. The last podcast I had, they said selling sunset too. Is it a new season? So funny. It's a new season. Yeah. Okay. It's so bingeable. What is the most recent book that you have read? I'd have to like look it up on audible. It's, I can't even remember what it's called. Holding on without holding still. I think it's called. Um, how about your best productivity app? I think I'd have to say Planoly for planning my Instagram posts. Oh, I love that. And what is your go-to de-stressor? Bar class at the gym. I love that. That is a workout. It's always my go-to de-stressor too. Missy, thank you again. Where can everybody find you? Everywhere is going to be slumber and bloom. So Instagram slumber and bloom. Facebook, website, slumberandbloom.com. I also have a YouTube channel, Slumber and Bloom. When in doubt, just Google Slumber and Bloom. Amazing. All right, Missy, have a great day. 